This is Up for Debate, episode number 262, recorded September 21st, 2023. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate. I'd call it our Cherry Coke Summer, but it's really more of a Cherry Coke September. I'm Sean Jennings, uh, joined by a man who would a man who would gladly replace the Yukon Mail Service with Telegraph. It's Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. That's right. I would gladly replace any mail service with Telegraph. <clears throat> Morse yep. code, dying art, absolutely dying art. Would you, uh, if you were offered the chance, Sean, would you rather learn Morse code, uh, have to have to lead a team of do- wild or uh, tamed <laughs> slash feral dogs through the snow to deliver mail or drink? 100 cans of cherry coke how much time would i have to drink the 100 cans um or just it would just have to be constant one after the other i don't think i could consume that much liquid in a single sitting we'll say how long did uh how how long did harrison ford actually have in this movie because it was was (laughs) another one where he was I was about to say the three days he spent on a green screen to shoot this film. Yeah, it was another one where he was kind of in and out. He mostly narrated narrates this one, but um, yeah, our our movie our, our Ford summer of Ford continues, um, and for the for the grand finale, and what better way to send off our hero Harrison Ford, the subject of. The uh, Summer of Ford, uh, tribute to Harrison Ford, the Cherry Coke Summer, we chose the Call of the Wild. I'm mad. Call I'm mad, Matt. This, is the, 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 this was the finale. We blew it this summer. This we was, blew it uh, so hard. We did not watch The Fugitive. We did not watch Air Force One. I mean, Matt, even before the, we got on the air, I was on YouTube watching the trailers to all the mid-2000s crap he made. Like, he made a bunch of bombs in a row, and those looked way more entertaining I don't know than the films we watched. We, we, this was the one we landed on, a, a 2020's Call of the Wild. 2020, Sean. I definitely did not think this was 2020, a 2020 movie. I, I don't know, as I was watching it, I would have guessed like early 2010s. Like I, for some reason, 2013 kept sticking out in my head. I was like, oh, this was, this came out in 2013, not 2020. This was a, a pandemic film. Well, actually it's funny because the, the history behind the release Mm. was, it was originally supposed to come out in December, 2019. So this was all shot, uh, before the pandemic, but it was pushed into February of 2020, um, to accommodate the releases of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and of course, everyone's favorite animated film, Spies in Disguise. Right. Spies in Disguise. That was the Will. That was the one where Will, Fer- Will Ferrell becomes a pigeon, right? Will Smith. Will Smith. Sorry, Will was very different. I'd Will probably Smith be better with Will Ferrell, to be honest. But yes, he does become yes. a pigeon. Will Smith. Yeah. Um, folks at home, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so I, I've got. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a foggy, foggy brain, not COVID. So it's not COVID brain, but it's, uh, it's pretty close. It's, it's, uh, kids got me sick kind of brain. So, uh, you'll have to forgive me for the, uh, the, the fog that I, that I have over this episode. This, uh, this movie casts a bit of a fog itself though. Um, the fog that's rendered by bad, bad CG, a bad computer generated fog. Matt, can, can if we're going to dive right in, can I give yeah. a controversial opinion? Only if I can give a controversial opinion that might be more controversial than yours, but go ahead. Okay, I'll go first then. I And it's, it's but let me start by saying this movie sucked and I hated it and I didn't enjoy watching any of it and it made me sad, but I actually don't think the CGI was that bad. I actually think the effects for a movie that was 90% effects actually looked decent doesn't mean i liked it doesn't mean it was good but i will challenge the idea that the effects were bad i don't think they were bad i think there were too many of them i think the cgi dog made it look like a cartoon 
but I don't think the quality of, I was actually surprised at how decent the quality was. Sean, you want to know what my controversial opinion about this film is? <laughs> What's your controversial opinion? I liked it. I actually, oh, I weirdly, I weirdly oh. like this movie. I, <laughs> but you know why? I know exactly why, Matt. I know why exactly why you like it. Because you are the only person on earth this film was made for. And this is a true realization I came to watching it. Because I said, who is this movie for? Is it for kids? No, the dog doesn't talk. It's not particularly funny. Um, it's got guns in it. Like, I don't really think it's for kids. I'm like, well, is it for adults? No, because it is a little too cutesy. And there is too much CGI. And then I'm like, so who is it for? And I realized, Matt, this is the first film ever created specifically for teachers to show in class. That's the only reason this exists. It's based on a famous book, so you can arguably show it. But it is decent looking enough and interesting enough and modern enough that students won't hate it. Matt, you're a teacher. You loved Call of the Wild. It makes perfect sense. I I would it would it shock you that I never actually read the book though? I, no, it doesn't shock me. I don't think it's as re- I never read the book. I don't think it's as common a school read as it as it once was. Not anymore. I think when, when we were kids, though, I think it was. I remember other like other kids reading it, and I remember it being in like every school library, and I remember it being sure. at every Scholastic book fair, um, pretty much. But I I don't I don't think I ever read it, and I was a pretty avid reader growing up, still am. But I and I was I I read a lot. I just. Uh, I just don't remember reading this one. I don't think I, I ever uh, it ever it ever crossed my my mind to read this book. But I liked I I just like I liked the movie because I mainly I like the shots of Alaska. I mean the teacher thing might that might apply too. Maybe it is because <laughs> it's a it's a very easy movie to show in class. But um, I I liked the uh, I liked the long sh- the long standing shots. The wide frames and all of the like picturesque uh, shots of Alaska. If you just gave like, maybe I just I would just like nature documentary about Alaska. Maybe that's that's what I kind of felt like I was watching anyway. Narrated by Harrison Ford. That was that was kind of well, are you- like Harrison Ford reads poetry while I, I look at shots of Alaska because the parts I didn't like were any parts involving the dog. Because the, the, the which is the whole movie CG dog. Yeah. Uh, now, Matt, are you familiar? So this might actually lean into your time. Are you familiar with the director of this film, Chris Sanders? Uh, I am not. I am not really familiar with him, but uh, I'm reading his bio right now. Yeah, he. this is his first ever, if you want to call it live action, live action film. He actually is an animation guy. He directed Lilo and Stitch, uh, a very well animated film. How to Train Your Dragon, which I think is an excellent film. The Crudes, which I've never seen. And then this is uh, his fourth directing um, debut. And so I, I agree with you. I think the uh, scenery and the visuals, I think, look good due to that animation background. The man knows how to set up a shot, especially working with a blank canvas like you can in an all CGI film. Um, I, I do give him a lot of credit for that. I, I think that background helps inform that. Yeah. Yeah, d- this was... uh. Yeah, he directed. Says he directed Aladdin, or where he worked on Aladdin um, or something. He, he worked. On, yeah, he had worked. Yeah. He worked on Mulan. Uh, he had a okay. story by credit there. Uh, so he had right. been in the um, Disney family for a while. Yeah, he did, he did a little bit of voice acting too. He, you know, he is the voice of Stitch. Yes. Yep. Interestingly enough, see that there. Yeah. So so he did yeah, some. Yeah. Um. Was there so was there like a specific reason that they made the dog CG? Like, did they originally have a dog in mind, and then they were like, with all the the stunts it's going to do, it's it's probably better if we animate it. That's kind of what my that was my thought that was just going out throughout the whole movie because I was like, this would this would look much better if it was a real dog. But they they make him do a lot of things that I don't think a real dog would be able to do unless with like they had like a lot of training and editing. Yeah. I think this film would cost a bazillion dollars if you used a real dog. I just don't, don't know how you can have a film this Hmm. dog dependent, um, and use a real dog. Yeah. Especially with all the action and all of that. 
So I'll, I will, Sean, I will give you a cherry Coke on me. This is a cherry Coke summer. If without looking at the Wikipedia, so close the Wikipedia, close, close I'm, your browser. I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm not looking at it. I will give you a cherry Coke. If you can, at the next time we meet, if you can name Harrison Ford's character in this movie. Oh no. Well, the dog is Buck. Um, they say his name is, a lot, but they Harrison. They Ford, do. I, I didn't. I didn't know how to name. Well, you know, it's married. challenging because he never. He never. He. I would say, excluding his narration, his in-person work, eighty percent of it is with a dog that can't talk. So nobody says his name. It would not surprise me if it's not said in the whole movie. Um, if if they say it at all, it might have been like when he's first introduced, like offhandedly, somebody <sighs> like says it like he's getting like letters there's like mail call and maybe he like they say his name, but his name is John Thornton. That's you could have made up anything John and I would have Thornton, believed you an experienced frontiersman and Buck's fourth master. That's right. Fourth Bradley Whitford was in this movie. Yes, he was. Judge he was Miller, the yeah. uh, the judge at the beginning. Yeah, right. he was great. Okay. We're big big fans on the show. We are friend we of the are. pod. Um, and uh, no one else that I've that I've heard of. Um, <laughs> but as far as uh, as far as uh, other actors go, I think um, yeah. Uh, there is an actor assigned not, to the dog, which is strange because the dog doesn't talk. Yeah, Terry Notary. So, oh, he was the mocap performer for Buck. Oh, okay. Oh my god, he has a huge uh, career in mocap. He's played everything. Yeah, yeah. He played King Kong in Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Storied career. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Matt. I, you know. I will say, and I kind of hinted at this at the beginning of the show, this was Cherry Coke Summer. This was the summer of Harrison Ford. And we watched, just to recap, American Graffiti, a film you could argue he's barely in. Uh, We then watched uh, The Frisco Kid, a film he's in, but really a secondary character. Very much. I would not say he stars in that film. Gene Wilder. Then we watched Blade Runner, a film... He technically stars in, but is certainly overwhelmed by the setting and plot of the story. We watched Patriot Game. I'll give credit. He does star in that film. And then we watch Call the Wild, a film you don't see him in an actual, you get a glimpse earlier, but you don't actually see him in a speaking role, interacting with characters until 45 minutes into the movie, Matt. Yes, I think there's one. I'm starting to... We see we see him, I think, very briefly. I, I want to say like fifteen. or Yeah, there's the harmonica. Time. He drops his harmonica, and the dog brings it to him. It's it's pretty brief. Yes, very brief. And then we don't see him again, like you said, forty five minutes later. And then even then, he he kind of shows up very sparingly. Most of his speaking roles certainly are 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 narrated over over the film, over the the other events of the film. So, um, yeah, I guess it's in summary where our, our picks for this, uh, this cherry Coke summer were, were flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. We, we, we blew it, but I will ask you, Matt. Yeah. That being said, him and his limited work on this film, what did you think of Harrison Ford and the call of the wild? I, like I said before, I, I enjoyed him. I, th- I thought I thought this was of all the movies we watched this summer. To me, this seemed like Harrison Ford had the most fun filming this movie. I could be wrong, but other than maybe no, because American Graffiti, I, I I didn't I didn't get the sense that he was having a lot of fun. It was still like early in his career, and he, he kind of was in the movie haphazardly. I don't know. I it, I get the sense that he he had the most fun in this one because he got to be his his truest self. He got to be a recluse that lives in the woods, and I think that's all Harrison Ford has ever wanted to be. Um, but he he accidentally got famous, and uh, you know, 
I think he's always been trying to get back to that that place in the woods where he can he can just be his 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 best self at one with nature. And uh, in this movie, he gets to do that. He gets to he gets to be a a mountain man and have a dog who's his best friend and uh, not really get to interact with people that much. Um, and when he does interact with people, he gets to um, play cards and rough them up a little bit, right? That's what then uh, he gets to show his his like skills and being like a survivalist where he, he pries the that that uh, sled out of the snow. Um, so I think he had the most fun with this one. He definitely, uh, even though he was only acting with, I guess, a mocap person this whole time, he got to hang out in Alaska and drink whiskey. And I think that's all he ever wanted to do. Well, I, you know, this is a really interesting time for Ford's career. Uh, you know, he obviously in the nineties, when we last visited him had quite a successful stretch of. Uh, action thrillers, a few romantic comedies in there. But as he's entered the 2000s, he starred in such bombs as Hollywood Homicide with Josh Hartnett, um, Crossing Over, Extraordinary Measures with Brendan Fraser, a film that barely exists, the romantic comedy with Morning Glory, even Cowboys and Aliens, which technically made money, was considered sort of a critical flop. Um, Paranoia in 2013, that doesn't really exist. Uh, Ender's Game, which was a huge bomb. So it, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, if you want to throw that in there. So the the first decade of the 2000s was very tough for his career. And you notice he starts to pivot into franchises. Expendables 3, Star Wars Force Awakens, Blade Runner 2049, Rise of Skywalker. And then this film's kind of interesting because he does this, uh, obviously not a franchise. And then he follows it up with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And his next film will be Captain America, Brave New World, on which he plays Thaddeus Ross. So it, I'm curious that if this ends up being his only sort of standalone film. And this was a bomb. This was not successful, partly due to COVID, partly due to, I don't know, maybe just nobody wanted to watch it. Um, if if this remains kind of his his last solo film for a while, if he just leans into these franchises later in his career. Yeah, it is interesting that you that you brought that up. Um, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, but but yeah, this is uh, this is very very much an outlier for him in uh, in all of his a lot of his previous films tied into big, like you said, successful franchises. This is kind of a standalone thing. Um, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when he got pitched to be in this movie. <laughs> I, listen, if I'm Harrison Ford, it's a slam dunk, right? Right. You're, you're the name on the poster because the movie stars a CGI dog. So you're the biggest star, really. So your name's on the poster. Your face is huge on the poster. You get paid a bunch of money. You only have to shoot it in a green screen studio in California. So you don't have to go anywhere. Um, you're only in less than half of the movie. So you don't even have to do that much work. Like this must have been a dream job. Yes. That's what I mean is I think, I think he would have been, he would have been like, just, yeah, just absolutely beside himself to take this on. Um, I was just reading here that uh, this, this actually was nominated for a raspy Sean. Uh, you know which one? Yes. 2021 Raspy. It was nominated for Worst Screen Combo for Harrison Ford and that fake looking CGI dog. Dog in quotes. You know, I actually looked at the list of everyone who won that award oh, over yeah. the years. And it's very funny because back in the it used to be like two people. So it's like uh, 1999, Kevin Klein and Will Smith and Wild Wild West. Or Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme and double team. But as you get into the more modern eras, then they start to do these jokes where it's like uh, uh, any two obnoxious emojis in the emoji movie win. 
or uh, any two half feline, half human hairballs in cats, or the most recent winner, Tom Hanks and his latex laden face in Elvis. Ooh. <laughs> they count that as a uh, on screen duo. I, I guess I some know. of these are yeah, LeBron James and any Warner cartoon character he dribbles on in Space Jam A New Legacy. I don't I know. It's a little much. It. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, um, what, what, what parts of this movie really stand out for you? Were there any parts that stood yes. out? Yes. Yes. I can. Would you like to know my favorite thing about this film? I would. It was the one thing I walked away and said, God, that was great. All right. Let's see the it. score. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That was a great, it was a very, they, good they used yeah. a, 90 piece orchestra and a 60 voice choir for the score. Um, and it is fantastic. Like that's, I do miss that in movies and it's got a mix of that sort of dynamic action score, but it's all real instruments. Um, and I was like, I was basically jamming out to it. I, I thought it was really, really fantastic. I was like, wow, this is like really good. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, it's a well-scored movie. Um, John Powell does the the composing. Academy Award nominee. Yeah. Um he uh was also he also did How to Train Your Dragon. But yeah, it's um that's that's something that that Hollywood has very much moved away from is that yeah that, that like really big kind of uh bombastic orchestra that sound um and there's also a fair amount of uh there's a fair amount of like subtle piano cues too, like during the, especially yes. during like at night or like quieter scenes. They really, it's very well balanced. For. But um, you know what? That's what really bums me out about this movie is it sounds great. I think it looks pretty good considering it's an all CGI film, excluding the dog. Um, I just think it's like, it's boring and I don't think the CGI dog carries the movie. Because the whole time, you know, I was watching it and I'm like, I always do this with movies I don't like. What would I change? Like, you can't just say you don't like it. What would you do differently? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, do you make the dog talk? Lean into this? Because it was, it reminded me of like a Smurfs or an uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks where the world is real, but the animal is CGI. It felt very much like that. And I'm like, those movies work because the computer character can interact with the real people. And I think it was weird that they were treating him like a real dog, especially because he would listen to what the people were saying and sort of react like he knew he understood um, in the same way he interacted with the other dogs and, and didn't talk. So I'm like, should he talk? Would that be better? Um, I, I struggle to, to figure out what I would do differently. I guess it's just the fact that it's kind of a throwback film where you're following the dog from start to finish. It's really his story. And maybe if Harrison Ford had been along for more of the ride, I would have enjoyed it, but I don't know. It just just didn't click for me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I was wondering through the movie. So, his name is Buck, and his name remains Buck even when he goes to Alaska, right? But how do they know that's his name? I. That's a good question. I didn't pay he enough gets, attention. He gets like kidnapped, right? He gets kidnapped by like the dog napper, basically. And the dog napper yes. doesn't know that's his name, right? How do the, and the people in Alaska don't know that's it, but that he stays his name. He doesn't get like renamed. I th- I'm pretty sure, right? Like. No, he's bucked through the movie. He's bucked throughout the whole movie. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was that was the part that uh that was keeping me up at night. <laughs> just just wondering how how did he keep that name? How did they know? Just yelling at the TV. Yeah. Well, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah go ahead. 
No, I, I think um, the part that sticks out for me the most, uh, I really liked the part where uh, he fights the other dog in the snow. Oh, or the part where they go through the ice. That was, I, I like that. Yeah. Part. Yeah. And he saves the other, the lady. Uh, that was, that was pretty cool. And I think uh, that was like his second owner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That owner. was the, uh, the mail delivery folks. Yeah. Who I think was like a French cab driver who they got yes. to be in the movie, I guess. Um, I don't know. He was in a lot of like other French movies. Uh, and, um, I couldn't really, un- I had to turn the, the subtitles on at that point. I couldn't quite understand <laughs> what he was saying, but yeah, I mean, uh, that was a cool part. That was, that was probably, uh, that was a great part for me. I liked, um, also the part where they, where he, they, they, uh, he, he runs off with the wolf and there's like the bear and the bear is like confronting him. So we got it. We got a nice CGI bear in there too. <laughs> I, I did love the, um, the, the well-to-do wealthy folks who, uh, Mm-hmm. purchase him after the the mail carriers leave him they were very over the top funny characters um you know it's one of the things about this movie is it's very segmented which i didn't care for because you, you you kind of have the opening act where he's in california with the judge you're introduced to buck you know he, he goes on some funny adventures eats all the food on the table haha then there's the second act where um he's with the mail carriers. He's on the sled for the first time. He's got to establish his dominance. There's sort of the third act where he's adopted by the, uh, the rich, uh, gold prospector guy who doesn't know what he's doing. There's kind of the fourth act where he's with Harrison Ford. And then there's like the fifth act where he falls in love with a wolf. It, it did feel a little, and maybe this is cause I didn't read the book. But it did feel a little, I kind of wish they had stuck with one of those stories a little bit more and X'd some of them out. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the whole movie is his journey from being a house dog to the call of the wild, right? Being a wild dog and falling in love with a wolf, which is ridiculous. But I didn't, that story I did not care about. Maybe that's me. Maybe I don't have a heart. But I, I just did not give a shit. I liked the mail carriers. I thought they were interesting. I thought Harrison Ford was interesting. I did not care about Buck's journey over all these small stories. And I think that's really where I got lost. Yeah, it was, um, it, I, 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 I got, I think I got what the, what the film was trying to, to do. Uh, it was the transformation from like, um, comfort and, uh, 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 what's the word? It's like, um, uh, complacency. It's like a transformation, like from like your world is, is shaken upside down and it's an adaptation. It's all about like adapting to, to being, uh, too comfortable or too complacent in your environment. And we're, we're all like animals deep down, I guess. And we're, we have these primal instincts and urges that are muted by the comforts of society. And, uh, if we're in situations where we need to, we need them to come out, we can, uh, the, the, the strong ones of us can like, I guess, tap into that. Maybe that was, that was what, what they were getting at. Uh, again, I also did not read the book. So, um, but I'm sure Harrison Ford definitely, uh, if, if he didn't read the book, he definitely loved the. (laughs) the thematic approach that was going on. He, he loved, I think he loves that message. I, I think he loved how many zeros were on his paycheck. Yes, that too. It could buy him a lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, helicopter fuel for his helicopter. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Probably a new helicopter. Um, but yeah, I mean, what uh? What else is there to say about that? I I liked. Uh, I I don't. I just like. I liked the movie for what it was. Um, uh, I liked the. I didn't really 
care for the the weird CG that was that was definitely off putting in some places. Uh, I thought that in the beginning it was kind of fun that little introduction with like the dogs walking and then um, uh, Buck jumps through like the paper the newspaper and uh, scares the guy and then he goes around he licks ice that was pretty funny mm-hmm. um, so they got, I think they got around they got around to doing a lot of uh, a lot of they did a lot they, they, they got their money's worth out of the CG you know my summation of this film is it's not a bad movie I mean Rotten Tomato scores it at a 63 um Cinema score gives it an A minus Metacritic of 48 out of 100. So a little bit all over the place. Um, it lost the studio about 50 to 100 million dollars. Uh, but it's hard to tell how much of that was the pandemic and how much of that was people not um, not seeing it. But at the end of the day, if you came to me and said, Sean, we're in 2020, we're going to make a call of the wild film with Harrison Ford. I think this is probably the best you're going to get. Like, like with the requirements given, I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not a movie for Sean. <laughs> I do. If someone was like, I have a kid and we're looking for something to watch and this was free on Netflix, I'd say, watch it. It's not a bad movie. They'll enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, it, it's got has absolutely no appeal to me um, whatsoever. So that's and believe me, we've watched bad movies on the show before. This is not a bad movie. I, I would not call this a bad movie. I would call it an uninteresting movie that I will never watch again. Did you know that uh, Jack London, the author, I just looked him up. Uh, he was accused of plagiarism <gasps> uh, by a man named Egerton Ryerson Young. Uh, who claimed he took the call of the wild from his book, My Dogs in the Northland. Uh, (gasps) London acknowledged using it as a source and claimed to have written a letter to Young thanking him. He dude made his own paper trail. Wow. Scandal. He's got a bunch of Wikipedia pages. Lengthy. I did not know Jack London was this old. I thought he was um, he he was active in uh, according to this he was active in like the kind of like the turn of the century like late nineteenth century early twentieth. I thought I really I thought he was like a modern author. I thought he was like a like an R. L. Stein, Jack London. I thought he was like possibly. I, I checked the Wikipedia page to see if he was still alive today. He is not. So I don't teach literature, everybody. Um, (laughs) we're not judging you London was a passionate advocate of animal rights workers rights and socialism well uh, he also wrote what's essentially a companion novel to call the wild called White Fang um, which is also about a um, a a wild wolf dog in the Yukon during the gold rush Mm. never made a movie out of it though oh they did make a movie out of it in 2018 for Netflix do not remember that yeah. Was it's animated. Like didn't have Harrison Ford. No, nope. it had Ford Dave Boat. I don't know who Dave Boat is, but uh Oh, you he's know what scene I, I also I just happen to remember it. The when they're pan they're he's like panning for gold and Buck finds like a giant gold nugget and then like puts it back and then he takes like he gives him like a little the little small one. Um were they they were trying to make Buck kind of like a surrogate son for him, right? Because he like didn't, yeah, he like lost communication or no, he lost his son. I think his son, the son had died, yes. and he had he and his wife were estranged. Um, but then again, for like every funny moment, like the gold nugget thing, then there was a massive eye roll moment, like when Harrison Ford goes to drink the booze and the dog like knocks it out of his hand because he's an alcoholic, and I'm like, come on, come on, you know it. It would get a little heavy handed at at certain points. Yeah. At that point, I was like, then the dog should just talk like at that point. Just, just, just get the dog involved because that's, that's I, I don't the whole movie. I was just waiting for him to talk. It would be funny if they waited until like the last five minutes to be like, yeah, I could talk the whole time. And and that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> See you next time.
Did you know his name was Jack Thornton? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's I just you know I don't know a lot of kids. I'm not really a kid expert, but I'm like, would a kid find this entertaining? I really don't. We got to talk to somebody we know who has kids of an age where they might enjoy this because I have no. If if I were a young kid, I don't know if I would find it cute or if I would find it boring because it's not funny or interesting. You know, it's not minions enough. Yeah, today today's this this really appealed to us when we were kids, like our old, like our generation. As, oh, as if this were a VHS tape in 1996, oh my god, they we would have been all over it. Yes, this would have been very like the hottest most rented movie at blockbuster for sure i mean homeward bound were you a big homeward bound kid no never saw Do you remember that movie i i do remember a lot of the like ads surrounding it and the marketing but i i never saw it um it's sort of similar um you know three pets get uh get lost and they have to travel across the country to, to find their family. And that was a big, uh, big kids movie. Saw that one a lot. Um, yeah. I believe they talk in that one. Michael J. Fox as chance. There you go. Yeah. He's in that. So I remember, uh, th- that was a, that was, um, yeah, that was uh, like a live action kind of movie, but it was like you, they voice over the dog the, each of the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, yep. definitely remember the marketing for this. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah, did you know that the same guy, see, this is why Wikipedia is incredible. Do you know that the guy who directed Snakes on a Plane and Final Destination also directed Homeward Bound 2, colon, Lost in San Francisco? Wow, what a never guessed. What a connection. A very a odd career. of separation we've got here. <laughs> Um, the, the, the dog sledding genre was really big in the nineties, huh? Yes. We got that snow dogs. What, what precipitates that? I would really love to unpack that with you. Uh, mushing films. There's a whole, uh, this was a whole rash of movies that I remember like Balto snow dogs, snow dogs Two below. Yeah. Snow Dogs came out in 2002. Balto came out in 95. So I guess there is there's a little bit of time between them. But Kevin Bacon was in Balto. Uh, he was the, vol- the, vo- the voice of Balto. Um, what, there, was, there were some other... I remember this was like a big thing. I don't know. Cool Runnings? Sure. I, I, I that was about a, bo- a Jamaican bobsled team, but not not about like a dog. Let's see, like dog sled movies. Yeah, there's a bunch of these, and a lot of them. I think a lot of them came out in like the late '90s, early 2000s. This was just a, a, a this was a vibe. I can't believe they never made a Snow Dog sequel. Even just straight to DVD. That seems like a no-brainer. Star, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. That's right. Why do I still remember that? I didn't even have to click to know that that, that that movie starred Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, it's obviously the most iconic film of his career. What other film would you even know him from? <laughs> uh, Air Bud? Oh, pet, Pets Doing Sports. Now we're talking. Yeah, uh, I don't even know. I made that up. Is he actually in Airbud? Cuba Gooding Jr. No, he's no, he's not in Airbud. <laughs> no, uh, he wasn't Rat Race. Of course he was. Oh wow! One of the uh, oh oh no. I, I one of the don't don't look up what was Cuba Gooding Jr. accused of doing. I I am aware. Oh um, okay. Did not know about that. Should, Did not know just, about those <laughs> allegations. Okay, so that Leave explains that. maybe why he's not in too many movies anymore. No, um, no. his last movie that was uh, he was in Selma, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, he, he was did, um, in the in the he OJ was great Simpson drama. Twenty sixteen. I'm, I'm going to give him he he got the Emmy nom for that. He was great. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? 
You know, I didn't. Um, I oh, should. It's, it's fantastic. I, I can't recommend it enough. Check that out. Where um, uh, 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 David Schwimmer plays uh, Robert Kardashian. So yeah. funny. I it's should, great. I should go back and look at that. Uh, um, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on Call of the Wild, Matt? How do we close this out? Call of the Wild. Any other thoughts? It is a movie. Um, we did watch it. Should have been a blooper reel. How about that? You know, they don't remember when like Pixar used to do blooper reels. Yeah. 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 When they didn't have to, because they were, they were, you know, scripted and made up like, yeah, they should have. That was like Toy Story 2 had a, had a blooper reel. I'm pretty sure that's, I missed that. There was something charming about that. Um, how would you rank this, this movie? Uh, on our Harrison Ford scale, Harrison Ford scale. One last time. The Harrison Ford scale patent pending goes from a Harrison four all the way down to the depths for to uh, I have a bad feeling about this or I'm in this for the money, which is a zero. I think what's two two is laugh it up fuzzball. Laugh it up. I might rank the movie overall somewhere between I'm doing this for the money and laugh it up fuzzball. Like it's definitely on the back half of the scale. Ford's performance. Uh, probably belongs in a museum. Yeah. So that's an important distinction that we only got to getting to like last last episode where we were ranking. It was we were starting to rank the movies themselves on this for, patented Ford scale, and I think we got away from ranking uh, Ford as the actor because this is, this is the summer of Ford uh, that we've been partaking in, uh, and so I would say, with that in mind, I'm going to put this movie. Um, as a uh, it belongs in a museum i'm gonna say ford is a harrison four in this because i think he is the truest the truest form of of, of ford he is the happiest and he is also the at, at peace with uh with the nature um and with the whiskey so there we go a harrison four I bet he secretly wished that that dog was real. Throughout the movie, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's so old he thought the dog was real. I mean, not maybe not so secretly because it was just a guy in a mocap suit crawling around and jumping. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> he probably wished it was a real dog. That um, must have been God. It's, I'm gonna while we're talking, I'm gonna see if there's any behind the scenes oh, footage because so. I'm sure it's very amusing. I hope so. There's, there's got to be. Put it in the, in the Slack if you find it. That would be worth the. Watch. Oh, there's a whole feature at where they have dogs in mocap suits and the mocap guy in. Mo- <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I want to share the screen. This is pretty great. Uh, there won't be any audio, so unfortunately, the audio listeners will enjoy it. But at least Matt can get a kick out of it. Oh my god. <laughs> So it's it's Matt. You want to describe what we're seeing? All about Buck featurette. So it's a man in a. Yep, he is. He has uh, the mocap suit on. He is crawling around like a dog, uh, and he's holding it like like his his front his arms because he's on all fours. His arms are like the front feet of the dog, and he has them on like almost like mini stilts. <laughs> and he's crawling around. Oh, and he's even carrying the letter in his mouth. This is great. <laughs> Oh, let's yeah, see if I can is, skip this. That. Is great. Oh, he's going okay. This is the part where he goes to he's the window. Talking to, talking to Bradley there. Talking to the judge. But I do. They had a second video I may have to backtrack to. The video here this is dogs in mocap suits. I want to rewatch this whole movie now, knowing that this was a guy in a mocap and. I want to see just Harrison Ford. Talk, imagine him, him talk to this this man. 
So we're, we're watching them. They're shooting dogs playing with each other. Very cute dogs, but they strapped on those mocap suits with all the bubbles all over them and even glued a few to their heads so they could track the motion of the dog. I want to see the scene where he invites Buck into his tent. Yeah, and they snuggle next but to it's each actually other. actually a guy, and they snuggle next to each other. I want to see how in fast the after the cut, how fast does Harrison Ford kick it Get off of tent? me. <laughs> this, is, this is great stuff. Oh, look at this. They, they put a, uh, a dog in boots to sort of, and there's the pre- and yeah. then the final animation. Because he's never been in snow before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is wild stuff. And they got people petting the dogs wearing the mocap suits. Wow. The dogs do not look amused. A, oh, a technological marvel. Yeah. Incredible. Magic of film. <sighs> well, Matt. That that wraps up the that wraps up Cherry Coke Summer. That's it. Yep. The last of the Can you believe it? We made it. Has been consumed. Ah was was refreshing. Refreshing indeed. And now we're on to fall. Yes, Matt, what is uh what does fall have in store for us? The month of Sean coming up. No. Right? Maybe. Maybe we've got, we've got Sean Vember. We've got or Sean Tober. We've got a book club. We still have to do our books for our book club or summer. Yeah, reading. we might do that next week. Yeah. Summer reading books. I think is going to be re- reading recap. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of other fall stuff in, in store. We usually have some fall themed episodes. Um, I was looking forward to, um, or considering possibly going to the Big E, and I was I was going to talk to you about that after the show. But uh, as I understand it, one of one of our we lost one of our big uh, draws to the Big E. We lost the uh, the the Smash Mouth himself. Um, He's shrekking up in heaven. Yes, and I it, so I, I won't get to see him uh, perform at the at the Big E and ever again. Oh. It's uh, not the same, but Jimmy Eat World will be there eating the world. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get a collab. Maybe Jimmy Eat World will cover some Smash Mouth songs. Um, well, and uh, you can see, I'm going to look up the date. Um, uh, the National Cheeseburger Eating Contest uh, happens at the Big E. So you might be able to come and watch Joey Chestnut put down an irresponsible amount of cheeseburgers. Sounds like fun. It <laughs> is like an a option. good time. Um, so. Well, that's great, Matt. Listen, we got great stuff coming up. Um, we've only just begun, uh, but that does wrap up our Cherry Coke summer. Thanks everybody for joining us through the summer of Harrison Ford. We hope you learned a lot about the man, the legend himself. Uh, if you haven't listened to our past movie episodes, you should definitely go check that out. It's pretty sweet. Oh, wait, um, wait, yes. Wait, wait, what? Huh? I forgot what? the Harrison Ford fun fact. Oh, no. we can't end without a fun well, we fact. Still have some time. Last episode, we still have we've, time. We've, we've done a fun fact every, every episode. Uh, I don't think that's damn true. It. Damn it. All right. Really quick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to frantically Google. Uh, a fun fact from Harrison Ford's repertoire. Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a minute, Matt. So people should go to the website up for debate.tv. Check out all the episodes in the archive. You can also subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Just look for our purple icon and the video version is on YouTube as well. If you want to see people uh, acting like dogs in CGI suits. Um, was that enough time, Matt? Uh, no. Okay. Um, you can also follow us online at up for debate TV on X. Uh, and you can also email us up for debate TV at gmail.com. If you like technology or fun discussion, you can check out our sister show. Don't panic at don'tpanic.io. We've switched to a new format where each week we are talking about a subject brought by each host. Last week, we talked about life in Antarctica. The week before that, uh, we ranked the last decade in terms of what years was the best for technology. Uh, the year before that, we ta- uh, the episode before that, we talked about weird pet gadgets. So a lot of fun going on there. 
um, you definitely want to check it out at don'tpanic.io or wherever you get podcasts look for that big red button. How about now, Matt? All right. I'm all set. He's got uh, it. Here's the most interesting fact that I found as I, uh, as I, I, um, scoured through these, uh, the most interesting fact is, do you know, according to a 2014 Reddit AMA, what is the actor's most quoted line? Like, mo- like line that people most ask him to say when they meet him in person. Like, fans will always huh? abuse actors this way, like by asking them to, to say their favorite line. When they get an oh, autograph sure. or meet him on the street or something, and what what does he often be asked to say? What do you think it is? Can I? How many guesses do I get? It is. Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, get off my damn plane! I can't hear you anymore, Sean. Where'd you can't. Oh. Oh, my mic suddenly isn't working. We're we oh Hello the line. I, nope, still not I, I I the line the line all right, I will I will wrap it up for, for on behalf of Sean. Uh the line <laughs> that he is most asked to quote is from a movie that we did not watch. It's from Air Force One. Get off my plane. That was your guess. Sean's indicating that was his guess. Uh and On behalf of Sean, I'm Matt, and this was Up for Debate.